Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I hope you guys had a good week. I'm recording this episode at at the end of another quarantine, safer at home week. I stayed at home. I don't know. It's been, I think, four or five weeks that I'm at home nonstop, seeing clients, leaving here. It can be very, very challenging at times. And I'm in a partner. I'm married. I'm a partner. So, it's a different dynamic, I feel, if you're living alone. And I hope if you are alone, you continue to nurture your sexual side and creating good sexual experiences for yourself. One thing that I've been talking to my clients about it is how they can use virtual sex as a way to kind of continue nurturing their sexual self. I know that many people have used virtual sex in the past. Perhaps they had a partner that they were kind of like long distance and they use virtual uh, kind of like videos or virtual realm, or perhaps you use it to spice up the relationship with your partner, kind of exchanging the kind of like sexually explicit pictures. But what I've noticed that many of my clients are planning to lean into this realm uh, with people that they haven't necessarily had close interactions in the past. So whether they just started dating before COVID-19 happened, or these are the people are dating now. So I thought it would be a good idea to have Dr. Carolina Pataki tell us about what can we do to set ourselves success when it comes to virtual sex. We're going to talk about how you can approach this conversation, because I know that can be awkward at times, and how can you set up the scene? How can you make sure your emotional and sexual needs are getting met. So we had this conversation and interview about this topic and which I tried to ask as many questions as my clients asking me from Dr. Pataki. And we talked about this topic at length. Dr. Pataki, she's a co-founder of Love Discovery Institute. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist, clinical sexologist, and certified sex therapist. Recognized as one of South Florida's leading authority on intimacy, relationship, and self-discovery. You can read her full bio in the show notes. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Carolina Pataki. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited and honored to have Dr. Carolina Pataki on our show. Dr. Carolina, welcome to our show. Oh, hi. How are you doing? Good, good. As I was sharing with you before the recording, I am so excited about this topic because I know that kind of using technology as a way to explore our sexuality can be intimidating at times. So it wasn't necessarily for everyone. But right now that we are in quarantine, uh, many more people are interested in it because unfortunately, if you're alone, it can be one of those 
a limited way that you can have or only ways you can have partner sex. Obviously, we always recommend our clients and listeners to explore solo sex, but I think virtual sex can be a really good way to kind of spice things out or try different way of connecting with a partner. So tell us, how do people have virtual sex these days? Yeah, so um, I want to say virtual sex is so broad. <laughs> and so because of that, it could also be a little bit confusing for individuals of even where to get started, how to get started, or even what platform to use. So I wanted to define it a little bit first so individuals know what we're talking about. So virtual sex is any sexual activity where two or more people can come together or engage using any form of communication method with the purpose of sexual play or arousal or to build anticipation or stimulation. Sometimes it leads to masturbation, but it doesn't have to. Because as we know, sex doesn't necessarily have to be just about intercourse, right? So it could be about just the whole sexual experience of um, arousal and anticipation and just that sharing the fantasy world. So it could also be just an individual that may experience with a virtual character. So it doesn't have to just be two or more people. <laughs> so, you know, a little bit of history too, because this really has always been around. This isn't the first time that we're seeing it just because we have internet now. So before it looked very different. Sometimes um, since it's a form of, of communicating for sexual expression, uh, we know that uh, in the past, perhaps a lover would have to wait two or three weeks to even get a letter where they would hear their lover on the letter that, you know, that they had to actually handwrite about what fantasies that lover may have had about them from a month ago. And so then later on, we made our way to uh, phone lines, right? And we didn't even have perhaps a way to find out who was calling us at some point. So if you were planning to have phone sex, you better be by the phone waiting for, um, for that phone call. If not, you would miss it. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I know afterwards there were beepers where people would become very creative in sending sexual into windows through codes. And, and that became very playful for a while. And afterwards, internet did make its way, but it was very slow at some point. So there were certain chat rooms that sometimes you'd even get booted off the chat room, but you'd find chat rooms that you would find others that shared those same sexual interests. And eventually, you know, it's a little bit more of what we have today, where smartphones and faster internet has allowed us to kind of just be in this rocking this, this virtual sex world. And um, so I find that some individuals maybe are more comfortable in the setting of sexting, where they could make it from more playful emojis where they're like teasing their partner or somebody that they've started dating through just some fun, playful emojis, where others maybe take it a little bit more further into explicit text showing exactly 
perhaps what they're doing through videos and through pictures when they're thinking about their partner. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's just various fun ways of continuing to show your sexual expression through technology as well. Also, like I, I know that some partners or couples that have uh, long distance relationships they're able to kind of even step it up sometimes with sex toys that vibrate where it's controlled with the phone. So you could get your partner vibrating, you know, after sending them a text <laughs> from another city. And so I'm, I'm also fi finding that sharing each other's fantasies for these couples, you know, it, it's taken them to another level where it becomes more accessible to be able to let each other you know, know what it is that they're thinking of with each other. For some individuals that are dating, it's a very, they could use a very discreet form, being able to go into some forums that they could be anonymous. So if they're thinking about some type of um, sexually discovery, kink or fetish or something, they could then go ahead and allow themselves without, you know, while still remaining anonymous and in their comfort level. So, you know, there's, I, I thought this one was kind of fun when I, when I uh, read about it. And after I had one of my clients talking about it, but online role playing games, where um, they're able to play around with identities or with avatars, where they're creating fantasies with their partners online or sometimes with strangers, you know, so uh, for those singles that are in isolation, it just brings it up to another form of finding some way to, to play and still enhance their sexual lives. What a wonderful overview. And you're right that I didn't think about virtual sex didn't get created with with our smartphone. It's going to make sense. It's been around a long time and it was an interesting overview. And I, I, and I agree with you that for couples or people who are dating, it can be such a fun thing to for, uh, incorporate even in their foreplay. Because Absolutely. I think I tell people that like you could have foreplay starts often from the day before, especially in long term relationship that people need a little bit of excitement more. I mean, excitement <laughs> is great for all <laughs> the relationships. But sometimes when people are in a relationship with the partner, their sexual partner for years, it's even more helpful when they in introduce novelty. Sometimes when people are exploring what kind of like typing versus kind of like sending picture using different modes of communication that can make things more exciting and fun. So I think that's also can be a good way for people to Absolutely. engage in a foreplay. And I think mm -hmm. it's, it's wonderful for couples and for individuals. But I think when it gets tricky with individuals is when they want to take things to another level within someone that they've been talking online. So sometimes, especially my heterosexual couples, I've noticed that some of my male clients kind of like act a little bit too soon. So they, they, does, they do not build it up enough until <laughs> the partner is ready. So how can one read that, okay, this, is, this can be a good time for me to pivot to the sexual realm with this person? Yeah, so, yeah, and I think that's a great point that you made because uh, sometimes one partner has been thinking for a while about something and uh, they finally gain the courage to tell the other, hey, I want to do this, right? But they jump into 
uh, something that they have been digesting and reflecting on for a while. So they're expecting their partner to be on this level 10 fantasy that they're having. So in helping them slow down where you're able to, you know, talk to your partner about it, let them know how long maybe you've been thinking about this, Mm. you know, how it started for you, right? Like just maybe even sharing some of the fears that you've had around sharing it. So you could let them know that it's not something that you're just excited about, right? But that also with the excitement, there's a reason why you maybe haven't told them sooner, So when it comes to how to have these conversations, I always do recommend being honest, you know, asking the person directly really helps being able to share with the person what's been going on with you. As I I, I always talk to, to my couples about how important it is in relationships for intimacy to share each other's neighborhoods. Right. So this idea of what's going on in my neighborhood and how do I tell my partner every part of what's been going on as I've been digesting, reflecting, thinking about things, the fears that have come up for me while I've been thinking about it when I think about sharing it with them. This way, I'm completely opening up and being candid about my world and and the experience. Experience I'm, I'm wanting to have that I'm also excited about. <laughs> so I, I find that if, if there are interested in moving into the sexual play, if you will, um, then you, you also want to talk about, you know, you also want to check in with your partner if there's any boundaries that you might be crossing. Right. And, and letting your partner, um, creating a space for your partner to feel uncomfortable as well when you're sharing these things. Right. And allowing your partner to feel maybe angry about something. Right. That they might be uncomfortable with, which then you're both able to work through understanding each other. So you want to also pay attention on the other end to see if your partner might be maybe sending some cues that might be flirty on one end, like if you've received some emojis or your partner suggesting certain things. On the other end, you kind of want to maybe check in with them and say like, hey, you know, I've, I've noticed that you've sent some playful cues, you know, like what are, you know, has there been more for you that you've been wanting to do in this virtual sex world? Uh, and that way, both of you could start openly talking about things. And, you know, I, I know that talking about things for, for couples or for individuals that have started dating, it's, it's one of the things that we, we fear the most, you know, it's being able to connect to what we feel about something, being able to, to share with the other what we really need, we tend to think that the other person should know what our needs are, you know, and on the other end, when they don't, um, we also fail a lot of times at being able to share, you know, those aspects of ourselves. And so in that discomfort that we may have, um, a lot of times there's, you know, there's some shame or some stigma around it that, do, that don't necessarily allow us to fully open up. So what I recommend to my clients is, you know, don't be shy (laughs) and, you know, perhaps finding a method that might be more comfortable for you, right? So in first, either writing it out, typing it up, 
put, you know, a put an email together or put on notes a text together. You could sit with it for some time before you send it out. Um, at some point, you could send it out and breathe through it. So you can let go of that fear. You know, sometimes fears of rejection come up. So this way, you could really start also allowing yourself to step into your power of authenticity in the relationship as well. So I, you know, I, I do find often that it's really finding, you know, what's your method of, of comfort so you could start allowing the other person in. And if you've started just dating someone, let them know, right? Like, let them know, like, send them a text and say, hey, I've been kind of thinking that this is something I'd like to do. And I wanted to kind of hear your thoughts about it. What a great suggestion, because I feel sometimes people feel like, okay, if I bring it up, that might get in the way of us kind of like leaning to that direction. But it's my experience that's completely opposite. So sometimes I have lots of female in my practice that they're dating and they're beautiful, successful women. And they're telling me that they are interested in being sexual. It's just like sometimes one of my clients, she's so funny. She's like, I, I feel the guys are hitching for a ride and just like they're sending things <laughs> very prematurely. <laughs> so if you wait or you can even ask permission that this is something I'm thinking about it, how would you feel about it? You, it's more likely for you to be able to perhaps open that door with with the partner that you're interested in because I think we all are sexual being and it's my experience when you have conversation about things these things you are setting yourself for success versus kind of like surprising your partner or the person you're talking to with a picture and may or may not work and that can be very awkward and I think it would be the rejection would be harder than I would imagine versus if you have a conversation about this things. And I think if you are kind of like opening the door to talking about it with the partner, you can get more information about what works for them perhaps and what doesn't work. So you can possibly have more exciting sexual experiences. Yeah, absolutely. The other thought that I have about this that comes up a lot for my clients is the fear of their kind of like safety. I know at times that what gives many of my clients a pause to record the steamy photos or videos is that they're kind of worried about I don't know this person kind of like intimately. So what if they're going to record, they do a skin grab or they take the picture and put it online. So what are some of the recommendations you have for people who are worried about that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, you know, a valid concern, right? Where is my picture going and who's going to end up seeing it? So I, I do think that there's, you know, a, a few safety things to kind of consider when you're stepping into the sexual virtual um, world, financial, personal information, as well as uh, emotional safety. And on um, the financial part, if perhaps you're going to use an app that you may have to make a payment with a credit card. You want to make sure it's a reputable and, and secure site, right? And then also for personal information, if you've connected to somebody already, right? You want to, you know, do you want to exchange phone numbers? Do you want this person to have your phone number? Do you want this person to have your full name? You also kind of want to, you know, check in on what apps you're comfortable with. 
right? So I know there are certain apps that may make us feel more comfortable than others. And only you could decipher that where, you know, if it's, it's an app such as Snapchat, where, you know, that there's this instant delete of, um, of your picture, you know, you, you may also have other questions that come up for you, such as, well, you know, did this person take a picture of it as he, you know, saw the picture? Or is this person sharing, you know, is next to somebody else when they're opening that up and somebody else is seeing it? So there, there's a lot of things that come to mind when it comes to safety. There is also some of the emotional aspects of yourself more than anything, I would say the emotional part is like so important for you to take care of and you're responsible for it, right? So not trusting in another (laughs) afterwards to be able to do um, with your picture, your video or whatever, what you had in mind that they would do, right? As opposed to even once again, talking about it and deciphering for yourself, can I trust this person with the information that I am sending them? So on on the emotional end, you want to kind of check in with your own level of comfort with whatever that you're choosing to try out, to do, to experiment with. Do you trust in yourself? Do you trust in your person with whatever it is that you're sharing with them? Also, are there possibilities that they will record it, right? So the, the more that you're, that you're knowing who you're connecting with in this realm while also using something while still maintaining the, the fun aspects to it, the playfulness to it, making sure that it's certain, even thinking in terms of, for example, whether it's your um, a body part, or if it's a tattoo that you have that's going to identify you somewhere on these things that you might be sending that you may not be comfortable with being out in the world, right? So I would also mention maybe to make it more comfortable for yourself, you, you want to be able to ask questions and set boundaries with whoever it is that you're going to share that experience with, unless it's an anonymous type of platform. But if, you know, if it's anonymous, you know that you're basically jumping into an area that it it may be, you know, safer for you to explore yourself. However, on the other end, if it's about a relationship, you want to make sure that you talk about some of the rules, right? And as you're talking about the rules, you want to check in with yourself and say, Am I feeling comfortable with how the other person responds to me? Are they agreeing? Do they feel the same? Are they judging or making fun of or minimizing or justifying some of the things that I'm requesting, right? So those things will allow you to know, you know, how comfortable you are with whatever form you you choose. So you want to make sure it's a fun experience for you. Right. Like, you know, I I always tell my clients that in in some ways, sex is part of the sexual part of of the adult's playground. Right. So you want to keep it playful and and to keep it playful, you also want to keep it safe for yourself. 
What a wonderful kind of guideline and outline for people and a thing to keep in mind to establish safety. Because sometimes when we are not feeling safe, then it's really hard to immerse in that experience because there is this chatter going on in your mind and kind of like pull you away from the experience. My recommendation often for people is that if you haven't done it in the past, if this is a new thing for you, I think less is more for the beginning. So especially if you're doing it with people that you don't know at all, because of you want to kind of gauge more, mostly for your own emotional kind of well-being, saying, okay, what shows up for me? How do I feel about it? So and almost feel like in a kind of you're exposing yourself to these new experiences and processing the emotion at, as it comes up. And I think it's such a great point that you mentioned that the kind of thinking about what will you be comfortable if things goes wrong to be on internet. So if you are thinking perhaps if it's going to be on internet, maybe I'm okay if it's a head down or like neck down so people cannot recognize it's my body or whatever it is, you want to protect your kind of confidentiality and, and safety. And I think the other piece of it is I, I heard some people watermark the pictures that they send because then legally you can follow up if someone is posting it somewhere. I mean, obviously it's Photoshop, a number of things, people can remove things, but also there are laws against this in the United States that if your information is out there without your consent, if your explicit pictures are out there, you can get some uh, protection around that. So it's it's helpful if you are doing a check-in with yourself, thinking about, okay, what am I feel comfortable doing right now? And what am I comfortable doing with this partner? And if this is a partner that perhaps you don't know them and they have information about you, perhaps like the first time you don't need to show the kinkiest part of you. And I, I love when people <laughs> express all forms of their sexual personality, but it's helpful to kind of gauge it and seeing, okay, as we're doing this for the first time, am I like, how is my partner responding? If when I say I'm not comfortable with that, are they able to be responsive to that part. Also, I feel like when people are nervous, they try to calm your, themselves with alcohol and substances. Mm. And I think maybe for the first time, you just don't want to be super drunk. <laughs> so you know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, or you'll definitely be all out there. And then afterwards, <laughs> the following day, right, that regret kind of starts to show up, right? And that is a part of our emotional well-being that when we fall into that regret, we oftentimes are also beating ourselves up. Mm -hmm. And that creates a lot of that emotional uncertainty, that anxiety in us. Mm -hmm. And I think the other challenge that at times people have is that, okay, how can I set it up? Like they feel very intimidated. Like all the visual thing they've seen is from porn. And most of us, like people are listening and, uh, and, and myself, we're not porn stars. So I think it's going to be a different experience when you're doing it over Zoom or whatever app you're using versus you're watching a HD production. So how can people set themselves up for that experience? Yeah, so by not setting themselves up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, just, you know, how to set the scene, right? I, it's, you want to treat it like a date. And, 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 you know, and when you're treating it as a date, you still need to 
kind of warm up and and get the motors going, so to speak, you know, where um, everything from logistics to getting ready for the the big night, um, that helps build anticipation. I know that a lot of times when we start dating, there's just the, the process of going back and forth where we're interacting as, you know, relational beings that we are, we're able to, we know how to do it when we're dating. You know, where we're, you know, checking in and saying like, hey, I was thinking about going here. You know, what, what are your thoughts? Or the other person might jump in and say, you know what, I prefer to perhaps do this uh, and go to this other place that I really like going to on Saturday nights. So treating it in the same way where you're able to start thinking in terms of, you know, being able to set the mood, create scenarios and, and communicate effectively. Right. Where, you know, just like in, in person dates that tend to build that erotic tension for us. So we want to have that because that's a part in itself of the experience. It's not about just jumping on and performing. And then it's like, well, why didn't this person become the porn star that I expected them to be? <laughs> so you want to start by picking where to meet. Right. So what interface do you both want to use? And, you know, again, you could go into taking it by steps where maybe you want to just chat with each other. And then at some point, if that's feeling comfortable enough and just through the chatting, you could also learn a lot about how to express your sexuality, your needs, your feelings, because you could even take it a little bit slower while you're sending a text. Then you could say, you know what, I feel now like I'd like us to perhaps go on video and try some of these things. And I think it's important to take the pressure off. We have to take the pressure off when we're trying these things so it could still be fun. So in, I, I suggest and recommend to some of my couples in that sometimes it could be about perhaps one, you know, taking turns where one individual is talking about some of their fantasies while the other person might be trying to act it out <laughs> or vice versa. So there's also to continue to set the scene, right? Just as you would on a date, you certainly don't want to have to be able to focus on the person. You don't want to have necessarily other things in your surroundings, right? Like you wouldn't go on a date and candle lit type of dinner and then all of a sudden continue to watch maybe a football game in the background or on your phone because you wouldn't be present to that date and that wouldn't lead to sex. <laughs> so, so you want to make sure that maybe you have, you have other things in your home turned off, you know, like maybe you want to have, if you're using the, the computer because it's going to be a video form, that you have your phone on silent that you have it away from you, that you have your television off, you know, so this way, you're getting rid of some of the things from your surroundings. So you could be fully present to your experience and also the other individual, as well as creating some of the environment, I would say that there's a part that is set and setting, the set being the mindset, the setting being the environment. Right. So in creating the environment, it's not always only what you have to get rid of, such as the, the, the radio, the television, your, your phone, but also what you're bringing into it. 
So you're bringing into it, we are sensual beings. And so the senses, meaning how do we connect to our sensuality? It's through our senses. So you want to make sure, do you want to have decide on playing the same music? So that way you both feel like you're in the same shared space as well. Or do you want to both turn on candles so you could have the same lighting even? Mm -hmm. Do you both want to perhaps also choose uh, using maybe a same scented oil or something? So it's, it's also heightening the senses and it, it could also be shared. So this allows you to connect in the same space that allows both of you to now fully share the experience of, you know, as you're setting the scene. I know there were a couple of tips too that I had kind of been thinking about uh, that I wanted to, to perhaps mention. So perhaps, you know, you want to start out on the phone, like I had mentioned. Also, you may want to outline the basics first before even jumping on and and then even just even on a phone call kind of be able to share what that outline is with each other of what you were thinking (laughs) where you may want to kind of find out you know as you outline it um, how do you feel about x right and talk about how each person feels about doing certain things also what that would look like such as, you know, what you're both going to be perhaps wearing, right? Instead of just showing up (laughs) and uh, the other person, you know, being like, you know, what are they wearing? Now I can't get into it because they can't just completely (laughs) get rid of the the visual that's throwing off their their erotic view, (laughs) sort of speak. So so outline it, talk about it. You know, we've gotten more comfortable we, we, we want to become more comfortable in the having fun. But if we don't outline it and talk about it first, that may end up interrupting the fun as we then create these false expectations too. Mm-hmm. I, I know we, we tend to be these creatures of expectations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and with expectations, we tend to set ourselves up. So, you know, aspects of creating... A scene is using your imagination, allowing yourself to be creative, listening is a really important aspect of it, talking about things, which listening is one of the most important aspects of communication. And then, you know, letting yourself connect to whatever it is that you're feeling and and sharing what that is. So as, as you progress, you may then choose to start in connecting with the stimulating part the stimulating aspect of like, okay, now we could go into masturbation, Mm -hmm. right? As opposed to the other person's masturbating and, you know, you're, you're thinking to yourself, what is this? What's he, what's he doing? (laughs) (laughs) As you're slowly closing up the screen, (laughs) you you know, so you, you want to make sure that that you're in sync, that you're in sync, that it's, it's a connected experience and that you're, that you're allowing yourself to, to create that shared experience to begin with. And I, I, I really like it when you talk about expectation because sometimes our, our expectation is about the experience or the partner, but sometimes it's about ourselves. 
kind of thinking about, I need to show up certain way on camera or the experience needs to go certain way. And people, I feel sometimes get very sad and feel like shameful and have all sorts of negative kind of judgment about themselves, about how they were not perfect enough or how the experience wasn't what they wanted. But it's like any experience, it's a learned, kind of a learned kind of platform for many people. So the more you're doing it, the more you're exploring it, you'll get better at it. And it's my understanding that I think with even the novelty of it can be very erotically charged for many couples. So it's not even about how you look. It's just about what what kind of energy you're bringing into this playful time. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. You know, it's it's one of these things where you you're embarking into perhaps new areas, which may be unfamiliar, or even uncomfortable to you or to you both. Right. So you have to learn not to judge yourself or to ridicule yourself or the other person, you know, instead, because that judgment in itself becomes a barrier to being able to continue to enjoy yourself and to be creative with it. So learning how to be in your space, learning to honor your space, uh, learning to honor your, uh, your sexual and erotic energy. Absolutely. And I think the other thing is about transition and how, like, you know, when we are in person, those transitions, they can be organic. But sometimes when we are using another modes of communication like video or phone, it can be tricky. So if if you guys are both are climaxing and then kind of having thinking about how are you going to work through that awkwardness of after that? <laughs> because if you're with, with the partner, then in the room, maybe you guys are cuddling, maybe you guys are like sleeping afterward. There is usually a more smooth transition but I think after the energy is built up you guys are both climaxing on video that can feel awkward do you have any recommendation around working through that yeah absolutely Uh, especially for because I do find that couples that have been together for a while you know or if they're long distance couples they are more comfortable with that transition. Mm-hmm. But when we're dating, we're a little bit, a lot more, there, there's more vulnerability around what happens next, right? Will this person call me? Well, you know, and even if we talked about this is a one-time thing, there's still a, oh, well, I wonder how, you know, if the other person thought I sounded weird. <laughs> so, right? Sometimes the, the self-judgments come up, right? So being able to talk about these things prior when you're dating, you know, if it is going to be a one-time thing, say, you know, um, these things come up for me afterwards, you know, I, I'd prefer if we could end it like this, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, after um, we say goodbye, would it be okay if you just sent me a text, you know, telling me if you enjoyed it, mm-hmm. right? Or asking for permission of like, would it be okay if I just send you a text that I enjoyed it? And would, would you be able to validate me? That would make me feel really good if I'm going to do this with you. Oh, so great. I love that. And I think what I like about it as well is kind of taking ownership of your needs. You're not necessarily waiting next to the phone to see if the person is texting and the person perhaps, even if they enjoyed it, maybe they feel like they don't have permission to reach out and say anything. So you are setting yourself for success when you are setting, kind of like opening that door to the communication and see if the partner is interested or not. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I know that just because you ask for your needs, you may not get it, right? So there, there is that other aspect of being able to know that if it is with a stranger and it is a one-time thing, that maybe they won't, but it's, it's you stepping into your authentic sexual power mm-hmm. of asking for those needs. And then if it doesn't happen, you're able to then work through it and being able to say, well, what do I need to do, right? Taking responsibility for your part and being able to say, well, what do I need to do if I don't want to put myself in that position again? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, as you mentioned, it's like a, when you are as a kid playing with someone, Right. So if you see that the partner is not willing to play fair or like they're not uh, have your playing style, then maybe they're not your play partner or not playmate. Absolutely. Don't play with that person again. <laughs> well, I can talk to you about this thing all like for another two hours. And it seems like you have tons of great expertise and insight when it comes to the realm of sexuality. So if our listeners are interested to get a hold of you, read your content, where would be some of the places they can access those information? Yeah, so absolutely. You could, my website, it's lovediscovery.org and definitely also email me at carolina at lovediscovery.org. And uh, you could also follow me on Instagram. You could find me under Carolina Pataki. That's P-A-T-A-K-Y. And just, you know, I'm a, my, my main focus is in working with uh, individuals and with couples through their relationship issues. I find that for individuals, a lot of individuals tend to have a lot of anxiety around dating or oftentimes, a lot of times going through a breakup or after a breakup, they're needing that support to also learn how to be able to heal those aspects of themselves that continued showing up in in past relationships. So they don't continue to bring that into their dating or new relationships. And then on the other end, I also work with couples and helping them create that bridge of connection where they're able to share each other's neighborhoods in a very healthy and authentic way that creates this beautiful connection for them. That is what what intimacy essentially is. So please feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Feel free to send me an email or if you'd like to work with me, you could go ahead and just log into my website and request a session. Excellent. So guys, if you didn't get a chance to write down Dr. Carolina's information, it's going to be on the show notes. So we're going to leave a link to, to the site that she mentioned. And thank you so much for coming on. This was such a wonderful conversation. And I hope you remain safe. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I hope you found our conversation useful and you got some ideas about uh, what are some of the things that you would like to incorporate in your sexual life when it comes to virtual realm. At the end, I also wanted to invite you guys that you can download my free ebook on how to increase your sexual desire. It's completely free. It's a resource that I curated and I share it often with my clients. So you can download the free ebook 
ebook and the show notes. And I hope you guys are safe and your loved ones are safe. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.